Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in to the Lions 24-7 podcast. We waited a little bit on a Thursday because we anticipated some uh, big news and it came. Uh, Andy Kotelnicki is the name of the new offensive coordinator for Penn State. They go out to Lawrence, Kansas and prime away from the Jayhawks after some success out there. After an 11-year run alongside Lance Leipold, who's the head coach out there at Kansas. And now James Franklin is his new boss and we've heard he wants a head coach for the offense and it would be Andy Kotelnicki moving forward replacing Mike Yersich who was dismissed after a game 10 loss against Michigan this season we welcome Daniel Gallon and Mark Brennan right off the top of this show if you're watching on YouTube we appreciate that and if you've been waiting for this one to drop on, on your podcast we appreciate that as well I think we're going to bring another episode on Friday do our best to get a little more intel from from Kansas's ends of things. We'll also talk about the transfer portal because there's a lot of things happening there. But this episode, we're going to spend it all on the new guy in town. Uh, Daniel, you had the breaking news story. This was a collaborative effort on all our parts throughout the week. And since really Tuesday at Lions 24-7, Andy Kotelnicki has been the name to know in this coaching search. Definitely. And I think one thing that if you're trying to, to gauge this higher – you just look at the reaction from around college football. Uh, it, it seems like from people that are in the know um, that people are very, very excited about this hire, very impressed with this hire. Um, and it's something where the more that I learned about uh, Andy Kotelnicki and you know, going through the you know, preparing for this possibility, the more and more that he stood out as a very big quality candidate. I think that when his first name when his name first popped up, your head immediately goes to Lance Leopold at Kansas. Um, you know, Andy Kotelnicki is someone who has been with Leopold for a long time, dating back to D3 Wisconsin Whitewater. Um, and then you kind of go through um, the, the reputations of being a, um, you know, being a, a run heavy offense. And then that gets dispelled a little bit. And you look at the, the different kinds of, of personnel that was used and, you come out the other side with the the portrait of a offensive coordinator who can do a lot of different things, um, can really adapt to his personnel, and above all, <laughs> I think after what some Penn State fans saw this year, it seems like it's going to be interesting. 
Um, it seems like that there's going to be different wrinkles. It seems like that uh, Andy Kotelnicki is someone who's very creative uh, in, in putting things together. So um, I, I think in, in terms of getting from Tuesday to Thursday, um, when, when this started to become a little bit more real, uh, I came away very impressed and I think pretty excited uh, with what Penn State was putting together. I'll explain why, and we'll get into exactly why this this needed to be a strong pitch from James Franklin because of, of Kotelnicki's relationships established on that staff with the head coach at Kansas through three different regimes, three different schools. We'll talk about that in a second, but let's just tip our cap to the fact that Pat Kraft and James Franklin got this one done. Um, this was a guy, based on our conversations this week, this was not just a Kansas versus Penn State situation. There were other hats on the table, as you might say, to, to, to steal a phrase. Um, and, and so with Kotelnicki being that kind of a hot commodity and the college football landscape being what it is, not just in the transfer portal, but in the coaching market right now, it's like you got to have a plan before the guy hits the market or you got to have a plan to go out and get that guy before someone else makes the proactive move. You're seeing that across the board. You're seeing different programs announce whether it's internal promotions or going out making some peculiar hires like we saw take place down in Fayetteville yesterday. But I think ultimately with Penn State, Mark, I mean, this is a, a move where James Franklin talks to talk about wanting to find this head coach of an offense. When you hear that, that's a pretty significant price tag. Um, and when you're targeting a guy that is has other sharks circling the water, got to be able to show up to the table with with some legitimate plan and, and be able to swing that guy's attention. Clearly, it was enough to get it done. Yeah, I mean, one of the things James Franklin's been talking about since Pat Kitcraft came on board is uh, kind of the commitment to, to, to competing at the level that they want to compete. And I think this is a sure sign of that, of this, you know, whether, you know, I know there's some people grumbling that this is a, a guy from the big 12 and everybody puts up big numbers. But as Daniel said, if you look around college football at unbiased assessments of this guy, he is very well regarded. And if you look at what he's done under Lance Leipold, um, you know, whether it was Buffalo, you know, whether it's been at Kansas, uh, just overall a track record of success. But I think the other really important thing is the timing. You know, being able to get this done now, uh, it, it, not just from we're still not clear on exactly when, you know, the official announcement hasn't come out. So it's going to be interesting to see when he'll actually join the program. Uh, obviously, they're not going to turn the offense over to him before a bowl game. That's just not the way that things work. But I think the sooner that he can get here, uh, absolutely, you know, it will be the better, you know, just in terms of knowing personnel, getting familiar with the rest of the coaches, uh, just getting familiar with the way that James Franklin does things. But beyond that, we have the transfer portal opening. You, you think about all the things that Franklin has to worry about, you know, whether it's uh, making sure all of your commitments are solid, whether it's landing a couple more kids before signing day. Uh, whether it's you know seeing who's available in that portal, and then the portal opens on uh, Monday, and on Sunday you'll know your your bowl opponent. So this is taking a gigantic thing off of the plate ahead of all of that, and I can't tell you how important that is for the entire program. Now let's see if something else might. <laughs> You know, Franklin may have something else he has to worry about pretty soon, too, but that's neither here nor there at this point. To be able to get this done with this caliber of candidate, I think is super important, the timeline. 
and and Mark referencing there, Manny Diaz is no secret. His name has popped up in, in, in other jobs, and and Duke right now is is the prominent conversation right there after their coach goes to Texas A&M, and this game of musical chairs continues across the Power Five landscape, and Penn State impacted, but they're also you know flexing their muscles a bit, and we'll talk about Manny Diaz down the line, but. Daniel, when we talk about the instant impact, before we look big picture here with the addition, just what this looks like for December. Tomorrow's December. We'd imagine that Andy Kotelnicki is going to get announced officially by Penn State by the end of this week. We're not exactly sure when we'll see him in a press conference setting, but when that happens, we'll be front row and we'll be trying to get uh, you know down to the bottom about more about this guy. But between now and then, uh, you've obviously got two co-offensive coordinators coming off a, a very strong finish to the regular season at Michigan State, Jaywan Sider and Ty Howell. And you've got a bowl game to prepare for. As Mark said, Sunday, we're going to know. And it's going to be a big-time opponent. Regardless, it's going to be a challenge to get that 11th win. So, Daniel, we were all there. Talk our listeners through a little bit what it looked like with Manny Diaz back in 2021 when he showed up in December. What we think that might look like this time around on the offensive side of things. Yeah, I, I would think that we see something similar to what we saw two years ago before the Outback Bowl this month. Um, like you said, Jaywan Sider and Ty Hal are those co-offensive coordinators. Um, they're most likely going to see this thing through um, to the bowl game. Um, and I think that Andy Kotelnicki will just be an, an observer, that he'll be someone who is around you know, watching. Um, I remember those those practice, I think the one practice we got to see before we went to Florida, you know, Manny Diaz is there you know, watching from a distance, you know, talking to people on the sideline. Um, I remember him down in Florida uh, in the glimpse of, that we got to see where um, you know, he's, he's watching the defense and you know, watching those linebackers. And then he was on the sideline uh, during the bowl game, um, taking it all in, too. So I, I imagine it'll be something similar. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like when Penn State made the switch, uh, you know, from Mike Yersich, where that Rutgers game, we weren't expecting to see anything different. They weren't going to reinvent the wheel. Um, and I don't think they're going to reinvent the wheel from you know now till, you know, December 29th, 30th, January 1st, whenever they're playing again. But this is a prime opportunity, though, for Andy Kotelnicki to get to know the personnel, you know, to be in the building, to be around the players, get to know him, uh, get to know them, for them to get to know him. Um, and you can kind of build, I think this is a little bit more about building relationships um, at this point in the calendar. Um, and that part that goes into coaching, a little bit more of the intangibles. You know, they can do, they'll do all their install in the spring. But right now, uh, you know, he'll get to know the personnel. He'll get to see them up close. Um, and then, you know, come March, you'll go from there. And in case some of these younger players and maybe veterans at Crossroads weren't a little anxious about December and you know, working their way through practices and trying to make that impression. And we know there's tough conversations being had this time of year in team facilities with different guys on the roster. But now you've got another set of eyes. And this guy's going to be calling the, the shots on offense come next time come next year as soon as you get those pads on in spring ball he's the man you'll be turning to when you're out there on the field so just another evaluation opportunity for the penn state staff and for those players out there who maybe didn't get their opportunities under the previous offensive coordinator maybe they feel like they didn't get as much run as they deserved and for whatever reason it's a, it's a month to make things happen and i agree with mark that we've heard from james franklin call it a full-time job to be pursuing a coordinator. And he said he doesn't really have time for two full-time jobs. Uh, that, that was uh, before the Rutgers game. They got through the Michigan State game, and he kind of shifted right into it in post-game. Didn't he, guys? He said, I got Zooms lined up all week. We got to hit the recruiting trail. I got I to find an offensive coordinator. 
And Mark, you mentioned him, him getting that done. In terms of the, the fit of, of this guy on the staff initially, uh, we've been told big personality and, and the type of personality where he's going to talk the talk and, he, and he's going to coach confidently. He's going to express himself confidently. I think that's important. Um, you know, some, some coaches are like that. Uh, some coaches uh, try to be like that and it feels forced. And some coaches just don't even try at all. So I think this is the kind of staff where these guys, we've seen them on the camp circuit. We've seen them practice by practice. We've seen them on game days, after games. It's a pretty fun staff. There's a lot of personalities. There's a lot of vocal guys. So the fact that he brings that kind of cachet from a personality standpoint, I think is a great thing. Um, what else, what else you, you just have to acknowledge here though, Mark, is He's splitting up with a lot of familiarity. Uh, Jaden Daniels, his quarterback out there, Jalen Daniels, I'm sorry, his quarterback at Kansas, fantastic run here since 2002 together, prior to his back injury that ends up sidelining him for much of this season. Going back to the start of 2022, 70% completion rate, 30 total touchdowns, five interceptions. So he's got his quarterback, and Daniels had already acknowledged that he was returning to the Kansas Jayhawks for the 2024 season. And you want to talk about who his boss is? Well, Lance Leipold, is his boss going back 11 years, three different stops along the way. Uh, that includes his alma mater, Wisconsin Whitewater. Uh, Leipold was once a coach there. Uh, Kotelnicki was a player there. And now you see him getting the opportunity to, to make the move up to Buffalo together. We'll talk about that. They came to Beaver Stadium as Buffalo coaches not too long ago. And then they worked their way to the Power Five Conference in the Big 12 with Kansas, and they got a good thing going. Uh, you know, just kind of peeking our head over to that Kansas situation more and talking with people there. There's a lot of excitement brewing there. Maybe people are switched over to basketball this time of year typically, but they like how this football team is trending, especially with the Big 12 evolving and where Kansas was projected. Now, they lose a key component here, but Mark, we're talking about, again, going back to that pitch, going back to making this move. There was a such such a deep-rooted situation for this offensive coordinator. I'm not getting the mercenary vibe that we got with Mike Yersich, where this guy's kind of leapfrogging his way through college football yeah. and trying to find the right quarterback and trying to find the right moment and then cashing in on it and capitalizing on it. And that's what a lot of offensive coordinators do. This guy was a lifer. We know he has head coach intentions, aspirations. You could understand if he could just wait it out a little bit longer, maybe under his same familiar situation. Maybe a year from now, the head coaching opportunity comes – Again, I don't think this is just about the dollars. This is about the ability to come to the Big Ten where the spotlight's never been larger. It's going to coast to coast next year and being able to showcase what his offense can do with Penn State and Indy Lions on the field. Yeah, I mean, think of some of the recent hires that James Franklin has made. I mean, these, these are not guys who have been at 30 different schools, whether it's Anthony Poindexter or Marcus Higgins. I mean, uh, you know, Manny Diaz obviously is, is, is a different um, situation because he was coming off being a head coach. Uh, Ty Howell was a guy who uh, he had been around a little bit, but obviously, you know, Penn State roots. But th these are not guys who've been around. But I, I would like to touch on something else that th that you hit on, and, and it's the personality. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to meet this guy. And I don't want to be negative about Mike Yersich, but anybody who was around that program – he he was not the kind of guy that a lot of these 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 dudes are, you know, kind of gregarious, kind of outgoing. The, that you you see him at camp, they come over and bust your chops a little bit. He was kind of off, off, you know, 
it and I'm not saying it's wrong. Mark, I'll say it. It felt it felt like the media interaction was an inconvenience for Mike Yersich every yeah. Time. I have no problem saying it. It's our job. It's his job. Yeah. We're forced to stand together for three or four times a year. It felt like an inconvenience for him most of the time. Maybe not so much when things were going right. Um, but but you know it, that's just kind of the vibes you get. You don't get that from a lot of the other coaches, and, right. and we appreciate that. But that I guess my point is it, it, that that could work for some people. I mean, it's worked for a lot of really good coaches. I'm not saying that makes somebody necessarily not a great coach, but I just wonder about that whole fit. And I, I don't think that change would have been made during the season if there wasn't a concern not only about maybe not carrying out the game plan, but the overall fit. Because one thing James Franklin said as after that situation went down was that it wasn't just him you know, arbitrarily making this call, he did talk to some of his, you know, the the, the closest people on that staff. So I, I just, uh, for, from everything we're hearing, again, outgoing, kind of gregarious, that doesn't make you a great coach. But I just think in terms of fit within this staff, and all you have to do is look at some of the videos that we post from practice or look at the video we posted uh, which we put as VIP because it, it included a little bit of choice language uh, of the uh, post-Land-Grant trophy game where, where Dex, you can see that that's kind of a different kind of dude than, mm-hmm. than somebody who is just like kind of reserved. You know, when you see Jay Wan Sider at practice, I mean, he, he's a different kind of guy. So So my whole point is I just wonder if – Part of this isn't only that this guy is a really good coach, but talking about that fit, because I think they've built a good thing here. You, you look at, and we'll see what happens in the, in the portal this this uh, this season. But they've not had had a mass exodus every year, you know, as some programs had. I think that it's you come off of the situation where the OC is fired, and um, you lose your two biggest games of the year. And as soon as the regular season is over, two of your best players say, oh, no, I'm going to be back. Yeah, there's no question about it. So I think there's a lot of this that is more – it's more than just X's and O's. That's all important, and I I will guarantee you that when James Franklin interviewed this dude that he went over all that stuff because we know what a stickler he is. But I also think fit is important, and that's why I'm really looking forward – uh, to, to getting to know this guy. And I, I'll take it to, uh, to another step. I mean, it's like Pat Kraft. Pat Kraft ha- has that personality too. And I just think you're seeing a level of alignment. I wouldn't take that up to the school president. I don't think she ha- she's quite as gregarious, but she does have a sense of humor, as Daniel found out. But I, you know, I just think that, that, that getting everybody kind of in alignment in personality-wise, I think, is part of this whole thing that Franklin's trying to do. We'll be right back on the Lions 24-7 podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Personality aside, Daniel, you, you talked about digging around a little bit and liking more about Kotal Nikki the more you learned. I, I was reviewing something up on Twitter, just kind of some, some of the favorite plays that he's produced, some two-quarterback stuff. Uh, just it seems like accentuating the athletes with their skill position. I mean, beyond their skill position, I should say. Um, and, and I think one thing you see with his offenses time and time again is – basically adapting to the personnel, whether a guy's injured and unavailable, like we saw this year at the quarterback position, or whether you've got a really talented quarterback that maybe doesn't fit what you did in the last place in J and, and, and Daniels, and, and you need to find some new skill. You need to actually implement his skill set to what you're doing. I feel like there's a lot of opportunity to, to, to mesh and, 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 and not with what James Franklin's been doing and not what necessarily Penn State's been doing in the past, but mesh with this personnel. And this is a team that has a former five-star quarterback and a loaded running back room and a loaded tight end room. And, and that's not really going to change, even if those top two tight ends move on. And they've got offensive line depth. And wide receiver, obviously, is a question mark. What do they have there? But to me, an offensive coordinator that is ready, willing, and able and has done it in the past to accentuate the areas on the field that his particular roster on a given week, not just a given year, but a given week, and be able to adjust and adapt accordingly. We'll see if it happens against Big Ten defenses. He's going to face the biggest test of his career thus far. But I like that part of his track record. Tell me what you see in that track record. Yeah, it's it just sounds it just seems so obvious when you say that having a coach who can adapt to his personnel is a good thing. But then you come across a case where that where you come across someone where that's not the case, and you're kind of like. It, it shocks you. I mean, at one of my old jobs, I covered an offense where uh, there were a couple quarterback changes and they went back to a quarterback and they had a completely different offense. And the tacit acknowledgement was that the offense that that quarterback was previously playing in was not tailored to his skill set, which 
some when you hear that and when you're actually seeing it, it kind of blows your mind. But you know, in terms of going through who Kodal Nikki has coached, I mean, you look at at Buffalo. Tyree Jackson was the MAC Offensive Player of the Year back in 2018, I believe. You know, six foot seven, still athletic uh, because he gave it a go as a tight end in, in the NFL, but you know, not your stereotypical kind of jitterbug, you know, dual threat. Um, and then you look at what they had with Jalen Daniels at Kansas, who I would say is a true, true dual threat um, and, and what he's been able to do. And then they had success with Jason Bean, who I think is exclusively a runner, uh, more or less in, in the way that that offense operated. And so the fact that he was able to coach all, you know, just using those three guys as an example, you just have three quarterbacks with varying skill sets. Things were tailored to them and they made it work. I think you even look at uh, the the rankings for Kansas these these past two years. You know, in 2023, they're number nine in rushing at 211 yards per game, number 68 in passing at 222 yards per game. But you look back two years ago in 2022, and they're number 41 in rushing, 183 yards per game, and 43 in passing, 254 yards per game. At the same time, though, the yards per play essentially doesn't change. So you're, you know, getting, you're still accomplishing, you know, seven yards per play, which ranked in the, in the top 10 each of the past two years. Um, but you're doing it in two completely different ways. And I think that there's something that, you know, really can be said for that. I know that it's, it seems really obvious, but we've seen it so many times where you know, things aren't necessary, that these coordinators aren't necessarily as flexible um, as they might make themselves out to be. You know, everyone says that they're multiple. Um, everyone says that they they can make that, oh yeah, we'll, we'll cater to these guys' strengths, but you know, to actually see it. Um, so I think that you know you see him come in, he's going to have this five-star quarterback, Andrew Aller, uh, who's going into his second year as a starter. Um, I, I think that this is the type of coordinator who is going to look at that and say, all right, like let's do it. What can we do around him? How can we use these guys? around him to accomplish things. And I'm excited to see what that looks like. And you go a little bit further into the Kansas tape, a lot of stuff with two quarterbacks <laughs> with Jalen Daniels yep. and, and Jason Bean. And you, you think about what little, what little Penn state showed uh, this year with two quarterbacks. And I mean, what Kansas was doing, it makes this look like child's play <laughs> uh, for what Penn state was doing. So uh, I just think that the fact that it's been evolving, it seems like, the whole time that Kodal, Nikki, and Leopold have been together, um, I think that that's just a, a really big positive because it, these that type of thing isn't a guarantee uh, in this business, even though you would think uh, it, it should be. And what worked in 2019 on the field for you offensively it just may run out of gas in 2023 based on the way this game evolves and how defenses adjust, and then you've got to change, and you can get paid a lot. For, you know, for a while based on a few successful seasons. But if you can't start to stack them up, then that's when you run into some trouble. And thus far, Kodal Nicky, you know, he's been a, he's been a shining uh, rocket, rocket in terms of uh, his ascension thus far in this industry. And you look at how he was viewed right now. And, and you know, last year, uh, what we heard was Texas A&M, Notre Dame were, were prying around that situation. That's why you saw him add some money to his salary at Kansas. That's why you saw him add a title uh, to his role at Kansas. And, and now, you know, it wasn't just Penn State, as I said. Uh, one of the schools that we heard made overtures was Oklahoma. They ultimately went with a co-offensive coordinator plan on their end. But some big fish, as we said, circling 
pre-snap mo motion. That's something that I think stands out in terms of just getting a, a little bit more just excitement, uh, even even before that play is run and, and seeing this team be able to use some of their blue chip athletes and, and putting defenses on their heels and trying to create some conflicts for the defenders. Um, one thing that, that our, our guy Kevin Flaherty within the 24-7 Sports Network tweeted was uh, a 325-pound offensive lineman lining up in the slot and doing pre-snap motion, giving him a full head of steam to throw a block. And my thought is, well, 350-pounder Venga Ioane already looks really damn good in the open field. Can we get him out there doing that? And this is the imaginative part that we get to all spend the next month and beyond doing. And that's part of this, uh, Mark, is you've got uh, a, a kind of a feel-good situation here where people are going to be able to, to, I think, move past the Michigan and Ohio State game in a way that probably couldn't happen until right now because they can start to wrap their arms around a new offensive identity. We're going to wait till that really takes shape. But considering what we saw, what, six days ago in Detroit, what we're now seeing from what this guy has put on film at different levels of football, this has been a major step forward for James Franklin's offensive plan. And I have to imagine how it feels within that room uh, from Drew Aller to Nick Singleton to those wide receivers all the way through. There's got to be a lot more palpable excitement right now. And I understand it's going to be an adjustment. And you got J1 Sider and Ty Howell, and we got to consider what their what their roles are going to look like and what this means. And hopefully everyone's okay with their roles. But Mark, I just think there's a lot that has happened in the last week that has you feeling pretty good about where the ball is rolling. They got to put points on the board next September, but between now and then, there's a lot to like. Yeah, the other thing I really like about if you look at 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 Kotelnicki's, um history, a balance between rushing and passing. And I think if we've learned anything in the Big Ten the last couple of years is that you cannot, you are not going to win this conference without being able to run the ball. You know, I mean, you, you look at the biggest games in the conference this year, and the team that was able to run the ball was, was the team that was able to win. And you look, if you look at when Penn State struggled the most, when it was unable to, to run the ball, uh, it was unable to get the job done. So, as much as, as people may focus on the different bells and whistles, I love the fact that you had this guy who's in the Big 12, and what does everybody automatically think about the Big 12? Well, all they do is throw the ball around. That's all anybody cares about. No, in the Big 10, you better have balance. And, and this year, 2,536 rushing yards, 2,672 passing yards. Now, the, the rankings in the Big 12 are a little different because uh, teams tend to pass a little bit more overall, but I like the fact that you have that balance and it's going to be fun over the next, uh, once I, I'm so anxious for them to announce this so we can see the reactions of the players and whatnot. Cause I think we're, we're not going to really hear much from the actual players until this is official. Although I do have a pretty good feeling we'll be hearing from some of the recruits because I think Tyler Calvaruso is working on that. Have, I think. Yeah, yes. yeah. As as we speak, so that part of it's going to be fun, but it definitely adds a level of excitement. And I think again, it all goes back to you know the personality, and so it's not just the personality and how he projects himself, but the personality of the offense as well. You know, able to have some fun, but again, while having fun. Go back and look at the numbers. Every year, there's balance, 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 and that's what you need to win in the Big Ten. Penn State's two quarterbacks, Bo Perbula, Drew Aller, this year combined for 36 total touchdowns, two total turnovers 
in 12 games. Sounds so pretty. We know along the way it wasn't quite that pretty every step. Uh, Daniel, this is obviously going to be uh, – we talk about priorities now and shifting to, to what's on the plate uh, for Kotalinki moving into Happy Valley. Once he's done shaking hands and, 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 and introducing uh, himself to everybody, when he gets to work and sinks his teeth in his things, that quarterback room is on the top of that list. So Drew Aller, Bo Perbula, what do you think about the match here? And what do you think ultimately, Daniel, uh, is on that checklist for what he needs to get done between now and and next spring with Drew Aller when they get on the field and start throwing balls against defenses together. I think that both of these quarterbacks can can fit in with, with what he wants to do. Um, I think that you know, your mind goes to Pribula first just because he is more mobile. And we saw what they did at, with Jason Bean at Kansas, what Jalen Daniels was able to do. Um, but I think that Drew Aller is one of those prospects where if you're an offensive coordinator – kind of really no matter what your background is, you want to coach him and you want to have that opportunity because he is that five-star prospect. Um, He really did tease his uh, ability. We saw some mobility too, uh, you know, down the, down the stretch. I wouldn't say he's a statue by any means, um, but he can, he can make some things happen. So I, I think that the one thing that as an offensive coordinator coming in is you need to figure out how to really tailor what you want to do to what you have, um, I, I think the early impressions are, I have the confidence that that'll happen. Um, you know, in terms of the, the talent that Penn state has with, with Drew Aller. Um, but yeah, I think it will be, it will be interesting to see. I mean, I, you kind of brought it up Tyler, where, you know, when you put, you know, this guy's system into what's already in place, you know, how does it change? How does it morph? How does it adjust to what James Franklin wants to do? How does it adjust to what Jaylon Sider wants to do with his running backs? You know, what does it mean for Marcus Higgins and the wide receivers? What does it mean for Ty Howell and his tight ends? Um, I'm I'm really curious to see how all of those pieces fit together um, because you know I think that you know, the past, especially the past two years, especially we we kind of knew what we were going to see from this offense under Mike Yersich. Um, especially once they got past that 2021 running game disaster and they had something that was, you know, pretty functional. Um, you know, it was kind of like you kind of knew what what you were going to see. So I'm really curious to see how this looks different, how it's catered to different players, different position groups um, and, and everything along those lines. And then, Mark, the other obvious priority here is it's time to go shopping. And I hate to say it that way, but it, that's what it feels like with the transfer portal. It feels like both parties are kind of shopping in the transfer portal these days. And for Penn State, there's you know you could say the, the say it everyone can shout it from the rooftops. They need receiver help. They need they need internally to for guys to develop and progress and be more productive next year. And, they need to find some pieces externally, it would seem, beyond just their recruiting class, which, as we addressed the last episode with Tyler Cavaruso, only one early enrollee, one guy coming to campus in January, that's Josiah Brown, and he's going to be recovering from a pretty significant injury. So you're not looking at anyone from the freshman class being on camp for spring practice. Last year, we saw Malik McLean come to spring campus, uh, spring ball. Uh, we saw Dante Cephas come a little bit later in the year. Ultimately, the, the production left a lot to be desired. Cephas has started the last four games. He's, he caught three passes last matchup, uh, which is the, the most he's had other than that Maryland game. Uh, but we haven't seen him really rise up. And then Malik McLean's best work as a receiver came in week one of this past season. Both of them can be back in 2024. Harrison Wallace could be back for a bowl game potentially, but we expect him back in 2024. We're not sure about Keandre Lambert-Smith. All that aside, 
Don't you feel like uh, it, it, Andy Kotalinki probably already has a folder of names at wide receiver, and now he's going to work with James Franklin and Marcus Higgins and trying to figure out exactly what to do next. They offered Texas uh, a wide receiver out of Texas State today. Tyler Cabaruso has a write-up on that at Lions 24-7, uh, but, but that's not going to be the final one, and, and it just feels like if this guy's going to try to patch together what he wants to do offensively, it's got to start by addressing – the position room that that leaves the most to be desired right and we go back to timing right so now you have this done again wh whenever he's actually going to arrive in happy valley you know we're not sure but i have to imagine that he's going to be on the phone at least or zooms or however the heck they do this stuff he may, mark he may not come straight to happy valley with that recruiting uh with the recruiting i mean he may yeah he may meet, he may meet james frank <laughs> I may at, just uh, go. at a high school somewhere I make that's that's very true. But again, I mean, think about the timing. If this thing dragged on, you know that now all of a sudden you have you have this transfer portal window, and I know it goes until after the bowl, but every day is so much more valuable. And to be able to to go into this thing, knowing that you need receiver help, and now the receivers will know what what they're what they could be getting themselves into for lack of a better way of putting it. And that's one thing I haven't had a chance to do. Uh, Daniel, I don't know how much you've looked at it, but in terms of the success he's had developing receivers, you know, in this offense and what they've been able to do, you know, are you able to kind of show that to, 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 to kids and say, listen, you'll have your opportunity. I mean, they obviously know that they have a quarterback who has a chance to be elite. I mean, that should be a really significant selling point. I would think, but I, I think we have to dive into the sort of success that his receivers have had through the years and how much can you use that as kind of a selling point. Daniel, uh, some, there was some consternation maybe, and, and maybe some people still feel it after the hire, although I think some of that has kind of been swept away because they're just enjoying the right now uh, with this new offensive coordinator ho coach. But uh, some people are thinking, well, if this is just a one-and-done thing, if he's you know really successful and in year one and then he moves on, well, you're in the same spot and James Franklin's looking for another offensive coordinator and, and, and a year from now. And my response is, well, then it went really well. And, and and you're probably not going to have to worry about it. Uh, you're probably in the college football playoff uh, if it goes that well. But maybe you're not. But I think, Daniel, ultimately that's really something that, that fans uh, should really not be hung up on in this day and age of college football. It's the climate of college football. I think you may sign a guy to a three-year contract, but you understand that if it's going well – you're going to have to, you know, meet really soon probably, and 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 talk about a, a pay raise and, and retaining a guy because there'll be other competition for him. And if it's not going well, well, you're probably not going to let him see through that three-year contract because you're going to have to make a move and, and you're going to have to bring somebody else in. And in my mind, a, a guy like Andy Kotalinki, who head coaching jobs, I, I would imagine, will be on the table if he can come and duplicate success and do it on the big stage under the bright lights here with some of these Big Ten matchups next fall. What do you, what, what say you about that? I mean, am I off the mark there? Or, or do you think it's just dandy for a head coach like James Franklin to go all in and say, if this is a one-year deal, let's make it a really good year. It felt like that was maybe the case with Manny Diaz. And, and then you got a second year and it was amazing. And now you're trying to scrap and claw to get a third year. Yeah, I think you, you look at these coordinator positions at a big school like Penn State. And I think that you have to look at them as things that they need to be there that can be mutually beneficial where for someone like Andy Kotelnicki, when he comes in, it's something where he can help Penn state and Penn state can help him in terms of he can come to Penn state, help them 
get into the college football playoff, potentially make some noise, elevate a player like Drew Aller, like Nick Singleton, like Katron Allen. Um, and then Penn State can help Andy Kotelnicki get that next job. Um, I, I think that that's kind of how you have to look at it. And I think that, you know, at this level, you don't really have the, the longevity um, of being an assistant. Um, and I think that that's just kind of what, what this business is. And I, I think that, you know, Andy, and man, this last name has really been tripping me up the whole time, but, uh, but yeah, Kodal Nikki. I mean, you look at his background, you know, he's been with Lance Leopold for you know, 11 years, which is kind of really insane to think about, you know, how long someone is with, um, uh, a coach. I mean, we talk about Jaywan Sider being on James Franklin's staff for six years as being some kind of mind blowing, you know, accomplishment in, in this day and age of college football. Um, so I, I think that, you know, maybe at the lower levels, maybe when you're at a Wisconsin Whitewater, moving up to a Buffalo, moving up to a Kansas, you know, that sort of, you know, keeping the band together, it really does make sense. But I, I think that when you get when you get to this level, um, it, it changes a little bit um, because the margins for error, um, you know, are pretty slim in the negative. And then the positive, you know, when you're good, everyone's going to want you. Um, so I think that I wouldn't say this is exactly similar to the Manny Diaz situation, um, just because I think that everyone saw how that ended at Miami um, and in terms of how, you know, how that ended. Um but I do think that this is someone where if Penn State is in that, you know, college football playoff conversation next year, that Andy Kotelnicki is someone that people are going to be talking about. Um, so you know, we'll we'll see. But I think that you you kind of almost have to look at these things as, as year to year a little bit, you know, with coaches and then almost now with players in the transfer portal. It's just kind of the the nature of the business because everything's based on results. And if you if you get the results good things are going to happen and someone might move on. And if you don't get results, things are going to happen. Someone might not be back. <laughs> and we did get an official announcement from Penn State while <laughs> recording this podcast that the annual blue-white game is now scheduled for April 13th, 2024. We were wondering about that, actually, uh, but but a little bit earlier than normal. We did just get that announcement, though, from, from Penn State about the annual blue-white game. Still waiting on one on Andy Kotelnicki, but that well, now we know time. when he'll be running the offense for the first time. <laughs> exactly. That's the first time where people can pack into Beaver stadium and, 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 you know, get frustrated about what they're not seeing from his offensive attack. So it'll be a, a good opportunity for all of us to get out there. And, and by the way, uh, Mark, is there anything we left off the table that you think is worth mentioning right now? Because a lot of moving parts the last few days and, and, and for, for Penn state to get this done, uh, here on on Thursday late afternoon uh, and, and going uh, going public in, in some ways through through reporting uh, any kind of reaction overall as we kind of summarize the, the last couple couple days and, and James Franklin's two weeks here looking for an offensive coordinator. No, no, I'll just go back to what I started with. I think the timing of this thing is is so so important. And for for anybody out there, stay tuned to the site. We'll have more coverage on this. Uh, Tyler Calvaruso will will be letting you know, and I'm sure some of our other. Uh, outstanding network uh, recruiting people will be giving feedback on how this impacts Penn State from that perspective and the transfer portal and all those different things. But Daniel did a really nice job. Tyler, you did a great job kind of spearheading everything and in, in, in getting the scoops and whatnot and getting stuff on the message boards. Ty or Daniel, uh, putting that story together, 
uh, at a moment's notice. It's not like we had that thing written in advance or anything. But uh, just, you know, it, I think it speaks to the team coverage. I think Tyler Calvaruso pitched in, Dome pitched in, everybody pitched in. And to have uh, support from the network as well when we're going through this sort of thing is just absolutely outstanding. So great job by everybody. I think this worked out really well for Penn State. Uh, really anxious to see when they announce uh, Andy, and it's going to be fun to get to know him. I told our listeners uh, on Tuesday that we were going back to the, the two episode per week and Tuesday and Thursday. We might sneak another episode your way between now and next Tuesday. So just just keep an eye on, on wherever you find your podcast uh, because there's so much to cover right now. The, the transfer portal about to open wide open. It already feels like it's about halfway open across college football. Uh, the recruiting uh, uh, the recruiting landscape is going to change on Friday as, co- as coaches are able to get out and about again and go visit prospects. So there'll be a lot going on there. And, of course, we're going to learn a lot more about this new offensive coordinator, uh, Andy Kotalinki, uh, who is uh, coming here into Happy Valley uh, with a really impressive personnel group. We'll see what he can do with it. All right, fellas, uh, appreciate the perspective and uh, and the coverage this week, and, and we'll talk to you both real soon. For, for On behalf of all of us here in the Lions 24-7 family, uh, this has been the Lions 24-7 podcast. Have you heard of Nordic Knots? The Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world? With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors? But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com.